Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Football season is back. Welcome back to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. And before we get started, we'll be addressing a lot of things today on today's show. Uh, I wanted to take a moment to address something that's very serious for us and our Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin family. Uh, I know a number of you guys have been asking about where is Zubin over the last couple of weeks. So we wanted to share that with you. Uh, he's been dealing with some health issues that are not related to covid uh, I was texting back and forth with him yesterday, and he wanted me to share with everybody that has been recently diagnosed with diabetes and took some time off to personally address it. His radio family, all of us here at the Seaport, everybody in Bristol, we're all behind him. We miss him. We support him, and we're hopeful that he's going to return later this month. We can't wait to have him back. Uh, but, you know, CC and Alan, throughout a year where it's been awkward for a lot of people dealing with the pandemic, family issues, isolation. Uh, I'm really glad that Zubin has taken it upon himself to address this. And uh, he wanted me to share with everybody that he wants people to address this issue. You know, if you have diabetes, go get checked out. Make sure that you're healthy. Uh, we wish him the best. And I know the best. I know he's going to be back soon. And we love you, Big Z. Right. And that's what we're doing here. Just trying to hold it down for him. The most important thing is your health and making sure that you can do the job at the highest, you know, at the highest level. And that's certainly something that he wants to do. That's a standard he sets. So in the meantime, we take care of business for him and we continue with the show. And as you mentioned, you know, it, it is opening day. It is a new season in baseball. And in New York, it's an exciting season because the news last night of Francisco Lindor signing the deal, or at least reportedly, or according to sources, signing his deal, getting it done at the 11th hour, a huge contract, 10 years, $341 million. Ooh. Steve Cohen opening up the vault and making sure that his big offseason addition now we'll be in the fold for a long time. We'll have more on that as we'll we'll talk with Michael Kay, the voice of New York sports and, of course, the voice of baseball in New York uh, in a few minutes. But also uh, big news in New York sports with another team that is spending big in the offseason and now an owner that wants to make sure it pays off. And that is John Mara. Now, we heard from John Mara uh, earlier when he talked about Daniel Jones and believing he can win them a Super Bowl. But here's John Mara after spending – more money this offseason to try to get his franchise on track. Now, remember, they've had four straight double-digit loss seasons. Six of their last seven years, they have lost double figures. They have, in the loss column, double figures. That is a stretch for this franchise after winning a pair of Super Bowls earlier on, Chris Canning having one of those rings on his finger. That, that certainly is not something that John Mara wants. In fact, he talked about how he's kind of sick of it. You know, I'm tired of um of the losing and of having the uh, postseason press conference trying to explain what went wrong and why I think we're making progress. It's time for us to start uh, winning uh, some more, and that's one of the reasons we spent the money that we did. Um, I do think we're making progress here. We've added more players. It's definitely a better locker room than we've had uh, in a while, and I think Joe has done a a terrific job instilling a certain culture here, and the players believe in him and – uh, the fans seem to believe in him too. Um, uh, so I think we're moving in the right direction. But uh, but obviously it's been brutal uh, the last few years, and um, we're looking forward to turning it around and and uh, not not having to make excuses for why we haven't done it. Now, Chris, as I mentioned, you won a Super Bowl for the Giants, and obviously for John Mara, you've you've played for that team, so you understand what goes on as they call it upstairs there. Mm-hmm. You understand also the pride that comes with that logo in, in New York sports. So when you hear John Mara speak out. Like that. What does that tell you? 
Well, here's what I will say. He, he may be sick of the losing, but that doesn't mean it's going to change. Mm. you got to make the right decisions in order to put this team in position where they can be consistently competitive. Now, to his credit, I think they went out and they hired the right head coach last offseason in Joe Judge. There's a lot to like with Joe Judge, even though the record his first year doesn't reflect it. You can tell that the culture in that building is changing, and this team clearly responds to him. So I think the biggest thing for the Giants to figure out now is is whether or not they got a quarterback. And, Allen, that's, that's been the thing that's kind of alluded to. He said this he team. thinks he does. Well, and that's the thing. He can say that he thinks he does, but there's not a whole lot of tangible evidence to point to in Daniel Jones' first couple of years that would lead you to believe that. I mean, the guy's got 39 turnovers in his first two seasons. It's hard to win football games when your quarterback is turning it over at that rate. Now, mm-hmm. John Mara said earlier this week that there were some miscalculations that the organization made back in 2018, and I think we can all read in between the lines and understand what he means. They probably should have tried to start the rebuild then as opposed to retooling it and trying to give Eli Manning another chance. But that being said, I think this team now has the pieces in place in order to make a run at competing in the NFC East What's going to determine whether or not they accomplish their goal of being able to do that and get into the postseason is going to depend on what their quarterback, Daniel Jones, does. One million percent, CeCe. And I love what John Mayer is doing right now because I said this last week when he addressed that, hey, the standard here is for Daniel Jones to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That's the standard. Mm-hmm. He did it in a very complimentary way. It wasn't a very aggressive saying like, hey, I'm going to stress upon. It was just, hey, this is what it is. If you don't answer that bell, we're going to make changes. I feel like what he's doing, and I give him credit for this, is he's being vulnerable with the public saying, I'm tired of all this. Like, I feel like I'm making the changes. I like the way Joe Judge has handled people like Golden Tate, Mm -hmm. discipline. This is the way I want my organization to be ran. These are my expectations. And if we don't meet that, then we're trying to get it done. If you, don't, if you don't live up to this expectation, you're out. We're moving on. It starts with Daniel Jones, and I like that pressure that he's applied. Yeah, I, I think if you're an owner, the most important thing you can be, aside from transparent when it comes to the fan base, is be relatable. And when you say that you're tired of the losing, that, that, you, know, that you want it to stop, and that's why we spent the money, like explaining to the fans, like, I have, I'm just as frustrated as you are. I've had enough of this. That stuff's important. You could say that it's hollow. You could say it doesn't matter what you say because it's still the performance has to be done on the field. You have to make the right decisions. All that's true. But it doesn't mean that it still doesn't – that it wouldn't resonate with fans to at least hear you say that, to, to put it out there that I'm tired of this. I've had it with this. And that's why I opened the checkbook and said, whatever it takes, get Galladay. Whatever it takes, make sure we get these players that we need. Adoree Jackson, bring him in here. How much? I'll write the check. I'm done with losing. I've had it. And, Chris, the last time he did this, they did. It was the one year they actually did have a winning record. They did make the playoffs. Didn't last, of course. Yeah. Didn't last. But – it doesn't mean that it can't work the second time around. I just feel like some owners sometimes are too busy just trying to put up this front, like we know what we're doing, and you know, you know, and everything's about supporting everyone. I think he just laid it out there right now for all his players. I'm tired of the losing. I'm tired of it. That's why I spent the money. And if it keeps going, I'll replace you guys too, and we'll start over. But I'm done with losing. The Giants should never be associated with losing. But unfortunately, with a lot of the New York teams over the last decade, they have. Yeah, and that's a problem. But here's the thing, and I get where you're coming from in terms of John Mara wanting to be relatable to the fan base. But the fan base has heard John Mara say that the last three offseasons. So at some point, that has to change, right? Are you sick of being a double-digit loss team? It's four years in a row now. 
Something about it has He's to change. the coach three times. I, I understand that. <laughs> that, that. That's not good in terms of your organization getting things turned around. You want to have continuity, but I feel like with Joe Judge – He's somebody that you want to give a chance to be able to establish his program, and I think that the owner is doing that with the money that he spent in guaranteed contracts this offseason. It's funny. I find us talking a lot about the dire situation in Chicago as it relates to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and what they do at the quarterback position. Like, I feel that same sense of urgency right here in New York. Oh, it's worse with the the Giants. And and Daniel Jones. Like, Dave Gettleman, Daniel Jones. Are they maybe a year behind Chicago when it comes to urgency? Because it's almost like Mitch Trubisky going into last year was sort of like, this is a prove it or lose it kind of year. And for Daniel Jones now... You could be looking at that. You're not saying that it's well, time. Well, the, Bear, the Bears have been yeah, in the playoffs two of the last three years. Yeah, not for Gettleman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not for so. Gettleman. No, yeah. like this is this is it. I feel like, don't you feel like that's it, CC? Yeah, this is it for This Dave is Gettleman. it. Either you do it or buy. We'll find somebody else to do it. Yeah, even though there's not a playoff mandate, if Daniel Jones doesn't answer the question of who the quarterback for the Giants is for the next decade, then not only are the Giants looking for a new quarterback, they're probably looking for, for a, a new general manager a new too. GM. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, certainly uh, certainly about time when it comes to that. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's talk to Michael Kay on the Goodyear Hotline. He is the voice of baseball in New York, the voice of the Yankees, of course, and he's the host of the Michael Kay Show in New York on ESPN 98.7. But, Michael, you're more than just a baseball guy. You certainly know football as well. And on this Giants topic, I just wanted to get your thoughts on what John Mara had to say uh, about being sick and tired of losing seasons and why he'd come out and say it right now after spending all that money. I think he put everybody on notice. You know, he spent a lot of money. Tish spent a lot of money. And uh, without saying we have to win this year or we have to go to the playoffs this year, he put a little tacit pressure on them. So he knows exa- they know exactly what he thinks. And I like the way he did it. There weren't any threats, things like that, because John Mara at the core is a fan. And he, was, he was literally born into the Giant family. And all of this losing probably reminds him of the planes flying over Giant Stadium and, mm-hmm. you know, saying, you know, tear the tickets up and stuff like that. So uh, I thought it was a nice maneuver to put a little heat on the players that might not know that, you know, there should be heat on them right now. Now, speaking of heat, today is opening day, as of course you know, and the Yankees begin their quest to try to get back to the World Series today uh, at 1 o'clock. Things begin. And. The Mets made big news last night as well with Francisco Lindor, making sure he stays in the fold. A lot of excitement about that team. So we had Buster Olney on in the first hour of the show, Michael, as we're getting ready for opening day with him. And we just had to ask him, it's that now question that everybody asks, especially in the city of New York with two baseball teams is, okay, who runs New York? And his answer I thought you'd find interesting. It's a far different assumption in that clubhouse about what's possible. You know, in the years that I covered those Yankee teams, uh, when they would go into an offseason or leading up to a trade deadline, I'd have veterans come up and say, hey, what do you hear? What are we going to do? Right. What superstar are we going to add? That just became an expectation. Steve Cohen basically said in his first day, he was introduced his owner, you know what, I want to win a World Series within five years. That is a very different culture than what we've had over the last 25 years. When, when I covered the Mets, I'd walk in and uh, leading up to a trade deadline, you might get an eye roll from a player like, yeah, we'll see. Because <laughs> there was always a, a feeling that the ownership there would not spend like a big market team. Well, those days are over. Mm-hmm. There's a new sheriff in town, and now there's a chance the Mets could own New York. Whoa. What? Pump the brakes, Buster. 
I, it's it's very cyclical. I know what Buster's saying. You know, in '86, when the Mets won the World Series, there seemed to be more Met fans. So, Met, baseball fans are different than basketball, football, and hockey fans in New York. They do sway one way or the other because there are a lot of you know fair weather fans. But the Yankees are very good. The Yankees are expected to win a World Series as well. So, as long as one team doesn't fall into a hole, they're going to keep their fan base. So, I mean, Buster. Relax. You're getting up too early. <laughs> I just want you to know, Michael, that was exactly my follow-up question. He said that. I'm like, wait, uh, Buster, can you say that again for me? I just want to make sure that we have that so we can utilize that for Mike when he comes on. <laughs> With that being said, what are your expectations for the Mets this season? You know, I, I worry about the back end of their rotation, Jay. I, I really do. Uh, the, uh, the injury to Carrasco looms very large. Uh, I think Noah Syndergaard coming back from Tommy John surgery is going to be a huge pick-me-up for them. Uh, I think the first two months of the season are going to be important for the Mets that they don't fall behind. There's two things. Well, there's three things that bother me with the Mets. One thing I love is their offense. Their lineup is great. They can match up with anybody. Uh, the top of their rotation is serviceable. Obviously, Jacob DeGrom's the best pitcher in baseball. But the bottom end of the rotation, you got to be a little worried about that. The bullpen, a lot of question marks in the bullpen. And uh, defensively, the Mets are not a good defensive team. They're going to have to outslug people. And they're the one National League team that would benefit the most if there was an 11th hour decision to put the DH back in the National League because their defense gets weakened at three different positions because they cannot use the DH. They're a good team, but I still think the class of the uh, the National League East is the Atlanta Braves. Okay, Kester, enough with the Mets talk. Let's get to our Yankees. <laughs> Let's go. The reason the Yankees don't win the World Series in 2021 would be because of what? Um, major injuries to starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that we've seen, Chris, over the last couple of years, they could lose anybody offensively, and they've got a lot of depth in that area. I mean, anybody, even their best player. So that, that, that they can absorb. But uh, Garrett Cole's the most important uh, pitcher on the team. And then they've got to get something out of Kluber and Tyone. They, they, I mean, they really rolled the dice on these two guys, and the ceiling on both of them extraordinarily high. But also, they pitched one inning combined, in the last two years. That's tough. And uh, now you're going to have to up the innings, 162 games. They've got to stay strong. They've got to stay healthy. And uh, the same thing goes for Domingo Herman. So they have three pitchers in their starting rotation. Think about this. Three pitchers in their starting rotation that combined last year to pitch one inning. Mm-hmm. And now you expect them to go into the crucible uh, of, of playing an entire 162-game season and making 30 starts. I don't think you're going to get 30 starts out of any of the three of them. And like the Mets with Syndergaard, the Yankees are going to have to depend on Severino coming back and coming back strong and being the pitcher that he was before he got hurt. Yeah, it's certainly someone you look at it on paper looks impressive, but when you put it like that, Michael, it, it's it's that definitely that definitely gives you, as Stephen A. would say, cause for pause. We're talking with Michael Kay. He's the host of the Michael Kay Show in New York, ESPN 98.7, but he's also the voice of the Yankees on the Yes Network in New York as well. It's KJZ, Alan Hahn, Chris Kenny with Jay Will. So you say all that about the Yankees, and, and as we know, it's now you know 11 years uh, since uh, a World Series appear- World Series victory and also appearance, which is what the third longest in franchise history. It's been way too long, as we know. So we wait for this, the expectations that build up, what we see from this team, what they're supposed to be, their potential. Every year it's World Series or bust when it comes to the Yankees. If they don't live up to those expectations now this year, can we see some changes, major changes perhaps, with the organization? You know, I just don't think that how Steinbrenner operates that way because when we say that they have not won since 2009, that's all well and good. But 
essentially every single year they have a chance to win. I mean, that's all you want to ask out of your organization. Now, this is an organization, this is a sport that's totally dependent on analytics. And analytics, I've always said, they work very, very well. They've proven to work very, very well over a 162-game season. But over a short series, sometimes those analytics don't click. And I think that's gotten the Yankees a couple of times. They have not been that fortunate during the postseason. But over the last three years, they very well could have been holding the trophy at the end. They've been a very, very good team. Um, I was asked this the other day as well. Well, you know, is um, Mike Greenberg asked me, would, would uh, Aaron Boone be in trouble? Right. Well, I think it would be very hypocritical of any front office that has a manager that operates in lockstep with them and has all the beliefs that they have and uses the numbers the way they want and the way he believes they should be used to blame the manager. How could you blame the manager? He's using the numbers that are being spit out by a computer. I think Aaron Aaron Boone does a great job. Uh, The players respect him. They play hard for him. He never lets them give up when they have all of those injuries. Two years ago, three years ago when he first started and everybody went down with an injury, they won 103 games. So as long as you're in position to win a World Series and this year, I think they have a clear path to get to the World Series. I think they're clearly the best team in the American League. We'll have to see what happens. But I I don't think anybody's going to be on blast. I really don't. K-Star, I know it feels like it's an arms race out in the NL West between the Dodgers and the Padres, but the Padres made a lot of splashy moves this offseason, signing Fernando Tatis to a $340 million deal, making the move to bring over Blake Snell. What's the ceiling on this San Diego club in 2021? They could win that division. I think the Dodgers are a better team, but San Diego's done some unbelievable things. So if the Dodgers just trip up a little, I mean, you look at that lineup that, that A.J. Preller has put together, and you look at the uh, the additions to the pitching staff, he's added Cy Young Award-type pitchers, three of them. So um, I, I give him a lot of credit for what he's done. Uh, I still think they're just a, a half-step behind the Dodgers, but they could win uh, the uh, the National League West. They won't, but I'll tell you what, they could win 100 games and finish second, which is amazing. I want to talk to you for a quick second, Michael, about the Jets. Uh, a huge decision here. Everybody seems to be enamored with Zach Wilson. Is, is Sam Darnold the guy or is Zach Wilson the guy for you? For me, um, I, I think it might be time to make a change. Uh, you know, something that Steve Young tells us on our show all the time, and I, I really like Sam Darnold and I want him to succeed. He's that sort of guy. Um, but uh, I know he's had – things against him he hasn't had a lot of talent around him Uh, it's been dysfunctional at best Um, but Steve Young said when you're great you've got to make people rise above you and you've got to bring people over and say okay you're gonna you're gonna go with me and you're gonna be better and I have not seen that much from Sam I really haven't so I mean there have been other quarterbacks that are young that go on really bad teams without much talent and the teams do better and they do better uh, I, I think Sam might have been jetsed if if I could make that up. He, <laughs> I, I just think it, 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 he just, nothing's going right. Maybe a change of scenery would work for him. I don't know that much about Zach Wilson. I mean, how much of Zach Wilson did I see? I'm not going to be one of these phony guys. Who's, oh yeah, I, I break down the film. I don't break down the film. All I could say is I, I read everything that people say, and all the uh, prognosticators love him. So it, it, the most important thing does Joe Douglas love him? And uh, I, the thing I think the Jets have done wrong, Jay is that they, I think they held on to Darnold too long because I think all the, the chairs are gone with the musical chairs. There might not be a big place for him to go for the Jets to get a, a number one or a two pick. They might get a three or a four. So I think they really held on to him too long while they were making the decision, and every team was making their decisions on quarterbacks. You know, Michael, obviously you've done radio in New York for such a long time that you've taken many, many calls and a lot of them from Jets fans. Is there any more anxiety 
than the anxiety of a Jets fan, especially before a draft when you have the number two pick and there's so much uncertainty about what to do with that pick. Because as, as I've said the other day, you almost feel like no matter what decision they make, it'll end up being the wrong one. That's just the anxiety you feel about this with all the different options at number two. Well, we'll bring it back to baseball. It's like a batter that's been hit by a pitch or even hit in the helmet. I mean, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you get a little, you know, gun shy. And I think Jet fans just expect things to go wrong, which is unfair because Joe Douglas yeah. really is just starting uh, his, his caretakership of this, uh, of this organization. But they don't expect things to go right. Things have not gone right for them. So they, they're thinking, well, if we, if we trade Sam, Sam's going to be a great player, the player that we always thought somewhere else. And if we take Zach Wilson, he's going to be a bust. So... Uh, it's a prove-it situation for Jet fans. They have to see. They have to be convinced this is the right thing for them. And really, why should they believe? Why should they believe? So <laughs> they've got to sit back and watch. I mean, you know the feeling, Alan. Yeah, I absolutely do. Unfortunately, I do way too well. Michael Kay, that's the voice of the Yankees as opening day today. Yankees, Blue Jays, 1 o'clock. Michael, enjoy it, and Happy New Year. Breaking news, though, I'm wearing shoes for the first time in a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I felt that way when I came back in the studio, Michael. I was like, now I have to wear pants. You put on real TV. pants just, and real shoes now. Well, you look great on TV. Appreciate you, Michael, as always. All right, guys. All right, buddy. All right, so, again, uh, the baseball season is underway. Meanwhile, March Madness rolls on certainly as well. Can the Cinderella story continue for one of college basketball's blue bloods? We'll ask one of the best coaches in the sport after Jay has this from Straight Talk Wireless. Yeah. It's time for some straight talk. Sure, saving money feels good, but cutting your wireless bill in half? Ha ha ha. That feels <laughs> great. Like a walk-off home run in the ninth inning. Okay, maybe not that good, but pretty darn good. With straight talk, you can get a 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys. Plus, no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. The Madness. Fogger turns, fires a three for the win. No good. And UCLA has won it from the first four to the final four. The Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, 
happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Well done with the music. KJZ, Alan Hahn, Chris Kenny in with Jay Will, ESPN Radio. Izzo. And why not bring in Tom Izzo, Michigan State basketball coach, national champion, Hall of Famer, and the inspiration for a Jay-Z song, we're told. A lot of accolades, <laughs> Tom. <laughs> Tom, how many I times have you I heard that, though? <laughs> I don't think you heard me. All right. Can Tom hear us? you hear us, Tom? I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you, but I – I said, I wonder, do I get any other uh, residual effects to that song? <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, Tommy. I like it. Always thinking. Always thinking. I, w- I always wondered that if, if how many times that reference has been made to you. But, yeah, of course, you're looking at it thinking to yourself, yeah, you know what? I wouldn't mind a little coin off of that if I could. But let's start well, off with this. when you get beat in the first round, you, there's no <laughs> bonus money. So I somewhere. Speaking of which, the opponent uh, that that did beat you uh, now is in the final four. Are you surprised to see UCLA there? You know, it's a strange deal, guys. I uh, I know Mick pretty well, and I talked to him throughout the year, and then all of a sudden we're in that that game. And uh, I mean, I, I liked UCLA, and probably there were times when we beat Illinois and Ohio State, Michigan, that he probably liked us, and yet I didn't think either one of us were had some of our better teams, uh, you know, especially us, because he's just starting there. And we played him the last two years, actually, in different events in Maui and uh, another tournament in Vegas. So, I, uh, you know, I, 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 I thought it was a good game. I thought it was a tough game. Uh, you know, to, I thought we did enough not to be in a playing game, and I thought they did too. But at the same time, uh, you know, when we played the game, um, God, we played – pretty well most of that game we were up 13 or so at halftime and up uh, five late up three with 35 seconds left and we might have gave them their best game that's the scary <laughs> part of the whole thing you know i talked to them the other day and uh kind of that's the way it went but give them credit you know what they got three perimeter guys that are really really uh, solid tough all six six they're like clones and uh tough defensively you know he's a kind of a more walk it up uh you know play the possessions grind it out and yet hell we scored 77 points i think we had 45 at halftime and so i thought we played pretty good and then we didn't play as good down the stretch and and i thought that they could beat byu i thought texas would get both of us and uh then all of a sudden like happens jay well you know the deal that in the tournament, somebody gets upset. It was Texas. 
now they got to play a game to get to Alabama. I thought Alabama was pretty good, but you know, when it gets to be a one game deal like that, that's what happens. And, and then they play Michigan. And uh, I was a little surprised because I, I wasn't shocked because uh, Mick, they're very good defensively. And I thought what they were, those three forwards or whatever you want to call them, they're very tough. And Juzang, you know, he had 27 against us. He had 28 against Michigan. He must take it out on our state, I think. (laughs) Tom, I got to tell you, I miss you busting my chops at practice, man. It's not the same. It's not the same. I know. I know. I kind of miss you, too. You know, you're. Now you're a celebrity. Now oh. you're always a star. Now you're now you're more than a star. I got to see that mug on TV when I watch the show. And um, but uh, yeah, you know it's been interesting. You know, I think uh, I mean between us and Duke, I mean we had been to eight Final Fours in twenty some years, and they had been to a million of them. And Kentucky, and we're all sitting home watching. Uh, that's not any fun. I promise you that. I'm with you, man. You know, Tom, I've been. I, was covering you for the longest time and spent so much time with you. And I've said on TV multiple times, I'm about to have my, my son this week or next week. I'm in the red zone right now waiting for the call from my wife. But I said, I, I will let my son play for you without even a doubt, without even a question. You had a situation oh, this man. year. But you know how I feel, Tom, because I see the way you interact with your yeah. players. You, there was a situation that occurred Yeah, you know, year, I have Tom, the same which, passion for the game you have, and everybody's different. And uh, But I'll tell you what, man, it. You know, some things are changing. You know, you got this transfer thing that's out of control. If you ask me, I know you feel differently about some of those things. I feel, you know, uh, differently about some of them. But but I will say this. Um, you played what I call the golden era still. And I'm not saying it's not going to be that way. But it is definitely going to take some drastic changes. And and uh, I watched you play. We played against you. I, uh, I've watched how your career has gone. And. And I feel the same way, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting dilemma that we're in with the way things are going. But, uh, you know, I hope our sport doesn't change so much that, uh, you know, I don't want it to be a pro sport. I've had a chance to go to the NBA seven or eight times, chose to stay in college for a million reasons. Your former boss had a chance to go there probably seven, eight hundred times and uh, stayed in college because that's the job you do. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. We're going to lose some of that, but that's for me and you to discuss off the air someday. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I do want to talk about how things are changing, though, Tom, and, and, and how you're handling yeah. everything. You guys had a, a situation that became kind of quite polarizing with Gabe Brown in that game uh, where he was walking away from you. You, you know, you grabbed his wrist to bring him back. You guys were exchanging words, and it became this really big hot topic about, you know, can a coach treat a player that way? Uh, how would you respond to that? <laughs> Because I know you with the relationships that you've had with your players and Draymond Green stepped up and said things like that. How do you respond to that? You know, Jay, I mean, I I personally, I thought it was a joke. I mean, it was just a bad time. I mean, uh, Gabe Brown has, you know, been like a son to me. My assistant, Mike Garland, Gabe lost his father. My assistant, Mike Garland, is from the same town. We've known Gabe since he was seven years old, you know. And, And, you know, he was kind of, I guess blaming another guy for we were supposed to switch and he was yelling at him and I just stuck up for him. But it it is, you know what, five years ago, you wouldn't even have thought nothing of it. You know, it's, it's sad where we are right now. That's me. But uh, I don't think nothing of that. I don't even have a comment on it because uh, um, you know, as well as anybody um, players, 
you know, my players come back here. I mean, that's one thing I've got going maybe as well as anybody, uh, you know, and I'm lucky because Magic's here and Mateen is, you know, 50 miles down the road. Magic's parents are here. Steve Smith's son is here. He's here all the time. So I've got a hell of a core group, but I mean, we don't have reunions to celebrate championships. We have reunions every year and, and that's the way it is, you know? And, uh, and, you know, the good part about it for me is, uh, you know, I'm Italian. I'm, I'm high strung, but my players are high strung too. And it's been a mutual thing. If you think there weren't some huddles where Draymond told me, uh, you know, what he thought about things <laughs> or, or Mateen, I mean, that's, yeah. uh, you know, I've always invited that, um, you know, everybody's got their own style and I don't condemn or condone anybody's, but I'll tell you this, as far as respecting my players, I'll bet you won't find another guy in the country that does more than I do. Now, sometimes, the Italian in me comes out, but that thing was more, he was yelling at another guy. I just, he walked away. I grabbed him and said, coming back here. I mean, it was over. I mean, it was just so, but it gets caught on TV and they make a big deal about it. And some made too big a deal about it. Some others. And I would think you're one. I don't know how you felt either way, but I mean, if it, if it was disrespecting a kid, maybe you'd look at it. Did the kid disrespect me by walking away? You know, but it was absolutely a zero as far as I was concerned. And I think as far as he was concerned. And by the way, he played the second half, so yeah. I, I'm not stupid. I didn't, I didn't bench him for anything because he didn't really do anything. Talking with Tom Izzo, the uh, basketball Hall of Famer, Hamill Hall of Fame coach at Michigan State. And, and with that in mind, and I'm sorry, Chris, but with that in mind, though, Coach, is a lot of times reactions to stuff like that, those who watch the sport, those who know you, those who follow it, there's a different understanding to those who this is, you know, March Madness and people kind of parachute in. Now we're for the first time watching. And you, so you have the, 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 of course, different perspectives from different people, which is why the reaction might have been the way it was for those who don't know you or, or don't know, uh, again, your relationship with, the, with your players and your program. But another thing that happens when people do parachute in this time of year is you watch games and you start to pick it apart. And one of the takes about this, the talent in college basketball is that the talent isn't what it used to be for all the years that you've coached and all the, all the teams that you've coached and the talent you've coached, you feel that, that it's skewing that way that the college basketball doesn't have as much talent right now as maybe it used to because of all the other options that players have. Well, you want to know the funny thing? I think college basketball has more talent than it used to have. So how's that for a slap you in the face uh, statement? The difference is not all six guys go to Duke or North Carolina or to Kentucky you know, what you have now is, hell, as you look at the transfer portal, there's guys that are starting at big-time schools, starting, and maybe even starring that are transferring. Um, it's the flavor of the month, you know, and so what I think you have is more parity. Um, yes, you have a couple guys going to the G League. I mean, how many went? How many of those freshmen went? Two or three, one went to Europe. I mean, that's not where it's at. It's that... Uh, you know, I think nobody wants to go sit and pay their dues in any way, shape, or form. Mm. And and God bless them. I mean, if that's what they want to do. But but uh, you don't see the mega teams like Duke and Kentucky have had over the years. Um, now you see everybody wants to go, and they don't want to start as freshmen. They don't want to play as freshmen. They don't want to start as freshmen. They want to star as freshmen. Mm. And it, it's kind of... It's kind of good, kind of bad, but the, the reality of the whole thing, and Jay knows this, um, 
you're still talking less than probably three quarters of a percent of guys are going to play in the NBA. So these guys that want to come in and start so they can get to the NBA, that still isn't happening. There's still only foreigner in some spots there. And I think a lot of these kids are disillusioned by what's going on. And I don't blame them for getting an opportunity. I mean, uh, hell, we were one of the programs that was trying to say, hey, come here. You know, there's nine players at Duke. And now, you know, we've never been a high-volume, maybe, you know, top McDonald's team. Uh, but it's harder to grow people now. It's harder to get people like Draymond, who was 30 pounds overweight as a freshman, and then, you know, uh, build them. Xavier Tillman's the last one I had, you know, that came in. And it's hard to keep a guy for more than three years. And if they can make it, like, like for me, Xavier Tillman, awesome deal you know stayed three years gave me everything he had dropped 40 pounds uh you know loves the program everything i think we got a little bit of of renting a spot now and and that makes it hard on players and coaches as you've seen at duke and and kentucky lately i mean uh you know we played them early in the year we played duke we didn't play kentucky and and uh you know it's difficult now so I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what Jay's thought on it is because I don't think I, I don't think there's as solid of players because there's so many distractions in the social media. But I do think um, you know there are more players out there. They're just spread out, which makes more parity, which is probably good. But uh, it also leaves kids to thinking that uh, you know if I, if I'm not starting and starring here. I better move somewhere else. And that's where I really struggle with the transfer stuff. You know, I mean, uh, I paid my dues here. Um, when, most of these guys that are transferring guys are not pros. If they were pros, they'd be transferring to the NBA. Coach, we appreciate your perspective on that. It's certainly a topic we want to keep uh, keep discussing. But thanks so much for giving us the time today. All the best. I'm going to call you, Tom. We can talk about it. All right, Jay. I look forward to hearing from you, buddy. I really would. All right, Take care, man. guys. Thanks. You got it. Coach Tom Izzo, Michigan State. Coming up, can the Mets take over New York? That's next. Keyshawn, Jay Will, Zubin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up this morning with Greeny, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. As we celebrate baseball's opening day, Rob Manfred. This morning with Greeny at 11 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. 
The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Chris Candy in with J. Will. By the way, Rob Manfred's going to be on Greeny today at 11 a.m. Okay, got the commission okay. opening day. The commission. Rob commish. Manfred on Greeny, 11 a.m. Tune in, lock it in, rip the knob off. Anyways, let's bring in Buster only. Let's bring him back with us. Buster, how are you? In a wind tunnel? How come you're not outside, Buster? How come you're not outside the hotel? Now you're in a hotel room? Now he's back inside and we see him on TV. Earlier this morning he joined us and he was outside with an umbrella. But that's what it is on opening day. You never know. It could be beautiful or it could be raining or in some cases I remember snow as well on opening day. But today we have Buster and let's do a progressive MLB snapshot. So, Buster... um, after we had you on this morning and you, we were discussing the Mets and the Lindor deal and the change in the Mets' philosophy with a new owner, you did suggest that perhaps it's time it could be a Mets town in New York, not a Yankee town. So then Michael Kay decided to join the show because he heard you say that, and he was livid, and his response was this. <laughs> Pump the brakes, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's very cyclical. I know what Buster's saying, you know, in 86, when the Mets won the World Series, there seemed to be more Met fans. So baseball fans are different than basketball, football, and hockey fans in New York. They do sway one way or the other because there are a lot of, you know, fair-weather fans. But the Yankees are very good. The Yankees are expected to win a World Series as well. So as long as one team doesn't fall into a hole, they're going to keep their fan base. So, I mean, Buster, relax. (laughs) Michael Kay, the voice of the Yankees and the voice of the Michael Kay Show in New York, 98.7 ESPN. So your reaction, because we like to start fights. Yeah, I, and that's exactly what you guys are doing here. Uh, you know, what I, and I'll stand with what I said, that if the Mets were to take a big leap forward, if they were to win the World Series this year, then maybe the cycle goes back the other way toward the Mets. Remember, which team has been in the World Series most recently? Not the Yankees. It's, it was the Mets when they played the Kansas City Royals. So if the Mets take a big step forward this year, they could wind up winning a lot of the town. I agree with Michael. Uh, that the Yankees have a really good team. He said they're prohibitive favorites to win the World Series. The Los Angeles Dodgers might disagree with that statement right there. So pump the brakes on the 2021 Yankees, Michael. High heat coming from Buster. MLB Snapshot brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 
on average. So let's discuss uh, a little more of the Lindor deal. And, and as we were talking about earlier, though, in the show, your reaction to it getting done 11th hour for the Mets. The folks I talked with around the sport the last 48 hours are not surprised at all. In fact, I was getting text messages this morning from agents saying, uh-huh, see what I told you? Yeah, you knew they would have to push it across the line because there was just so much risk on both sides for them to not get a deal done, for the Mets to spend all those resources to get Lindor. You know, they had invested in him, believing he was going to be the face of their franchise moving forward. And on Lindor's side, you get an offer $300 million-plus from the richest owner in baseball, from a New York team, how much more money are you actually going to get? And yesterday, when the the reports were that that there was an impasse in place, other agents are saying, no, that's not a very big gap compared to what would be at risk. Can you imagine if Lindor had turned this down, gone into the year unsigned, and was heading out of free agency in the fall, the amount of pressure on him during the year... Uh, his performance day after day, Mets fans perhaps being unhappy. And if he would have struggled in 2021 after not signing, might have cost himself $160, $180 million. Buster, I feel dirty with all of this Mets talk being a Yankees <laughs> fan. But with opening day upon us and everybody making their preseason predictions, i got to ask you this question because it feels like Jacob deGrom is not only the best pitcher on the planet, but he could be or could have the best season of any player in the National League. Is it crazy to think that he might do what Kershaw did in 2014, Mm. which is win the Cy Young and win an MVP? I think you looked at my preseason picks, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) I've got DeGrom not only winning the Cy Young Award, but I got him winning the MVP. Uh, It's amazing how much better he just gets. Uh, The last four years, he's increased his average fastball velocity by four miles per hour. He was clocked up to 102 miles per hour this spring. I asked Jeremy Hefner, their pitching coach, about this, and he talked about how DeGrom in college was a shortstop. He wasn't a pitcher, so he doesn't have as much mileage as other pitchers have. But he also seems, as he gets older, to be learning how to use these long levers in his arm, in his body, to deliver more velocity, to be more efficient with his mechanics That's why I'm excited tonight to see him pitch. I really feel like he's sort of entering that really rare air for pitchers in terms of dominance that only Pedro Martinez, Sandy Koufax, Roger Clemens, the likes of those guys have seen. Buster, great to see you. Enjoy opening day. It'll be fun. Oh, absolutely. All right, McShay's mock draft. That's fun also. There's one thing that scares Jets fans the most. We'll discuss that next. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.